This is your brother James, and this is God's Will Podcast. This is part two of divorce and non-negotiables within marriage. So just to review a couple things, you know, I talked about putting yourself in situations that you wouldn't expect yourself to get in, so you're not surprised when you get in them. Um, the other thing I talked about was Matthew 5, 27 through 28, 31 and 32, where it talks about, you know, divorce. Jesus talks about divorce specifically, what constitutes something, a reason why you should get divorced. Um, talking about legalism a little bit. Um, but I wanted to start today by talking about, you know, infidelity in the church by the believer specifically because um today it's just so many times i run into couples who aren't actually married and they're living together and it's just it's baffling to me and and the thing that i realize is like you know the pastor pastors nowadays especially in america don't talk about it they just don't and you know the the, the verse i always go back to is first thessalonians 4 3 where it says you know this is your sanctification Sanctification is the process in which we become more and more like Jesus over time. And it says specifically in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, this is your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. For this is God's will for your life in Christ Jesus. So anyway, this is the process in which you become more and more like Jesus is when you abstain from, from sexual immorality. And... You know, all other sins are committed outside the body, but se sexual sin is committed to your body. In to your, it's it's like physically, so your body's changing because of it, and you don't realize it. You know, people don't people don't understand this, and until you do understand this, you won't change. You know, like, well, I'm not. You know, nothing's happening to me. I'm healthy. You know, everything's fine. Uh, my story is, I used to you know sleep with women, and unfortunately, I watched so much porn, I just really couldn't you know, legitimately have sex with them all the time. So when I would force, you know, myself to be able, you know, I would force myself to try to do it with them, you know, and even though I wasn't, you know, performing properly and it led to venereal disease and, or, you know, I, I have no proof of being, you know, ha having a disease, but I do have, proof of, you know, having inflammation in my prostate and things, you know, things that have happened to me that would cause me to have to go get treatment for from doing these things. And, you know, as, as a, as a believer, you look around and you see unbelievers getting away with stuff that you, you know, want, you know, it's like you, you won't get away with it because God won't let you, but other people are getting away with it. So you get upset. You know, I, I was one of those people. I, you know, it's just like I'm, I'm looking around and people are, you know, committing fornication, adultery, whatever you want to call it. And I was, you know, living an upright life. And yet I'm just over here. I'm just this lowly guy over here, you know, no wife, all this stuff. And I'm just like upset, you know, but it's like you don't know what you you don't understand what is happening to those people. One, even if they are fine, they're getting away with it, whatever. In the end, it all gets exposed. 
And we shouldn't be looking at this life that we have as anything more than just a glimpse. It's just, it's just a vapor. You know, James says, you know, your life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. What you ought to say is if the Lord wills, we will do this or that. So just trust God, trust God and believe that, you know, vengeance is his now. And this goes into all many different directions. Like I see a lot of Christians get upset with non-believers getting away with, you know, uh, money fraud, whatever. So-and-so stealing money from all these people. Look at look at this person stealing all this money from all these people. Uh, Brett Favre, a football player, stealing all this money from all this, you, you know, uh, keeping getting money to underprivileged people is what his foundation was for, but he was giving money to his daughter's volleyball team, whatever. It got exposed. And even though he may not, you know, get a ton of, in terms of like, he's not going to get jail time, whatever. In the end, he will be held accountable for that. You know what I mean? So it's not something you need to even worry about. Just let it go. Let it go. Um, And that's, you know, it's a very hard thing to do because as humans, we see other humans getting away with something that we're not getting away with and it just bothers us. Cause that's just like, that's the flesh, you know, that's our flesh. You're getting riled up over something. And, you know, I had somebody come ask me the other day, so-and-so is committing, you know, it's something, yeah, I think it was money, their tax evasion or something. And I really hope God, you know, you know, punishes them or something. And should I be, should I be feeling that way about that? You know, somebody asked me that and I was like, yeah, she was like, or should I be, should I be praying for mercy on that person and that God, you know, God reveals to them what they're doing and that they would change. And I was like, yeah, that sounds a lot more like God than somebody praying that something bad happens to somebody because they're doing something wrong. You know, it's like God doesn't want us to be the type of person who's, you know, praying for bad things to happen to people because you feel like they're doing something bad. Okay. You know, um, and, that goes back to the same thing with the sexual stuff. You know, um, it's, it's easy for our flesh to get flared up when we, um, see others doing wrong and getting away with it. The thing that I, I use as an example is, you know, you go to church on Sunday, right? Minimum, there should be one other day you're doing something, you know, where you're getting spiritually fed, right? One other day, minimum. Two days is better. Four days is best, right? Four days is extremely hard. I'm not saying it. it's easy. It's extremely hard. It's more than half your week. That you know, you know, four out of the five, seven days you're doing something spiritual. But I always found that I was never looking around at people doing the wrong thing when I was doing that. You know, ever, not one time was I doing that. Now, one of the days could be, you know, you're you're serving or you're giving you're giving your time. You know, one of the days could be. You know, a Bible study. The other day could be, you know, fellowship group, whatever. I don't know. But it's just like do something where you're not – you don't have the time to sit there and look around at what's going on that's wrong, you know. And that's just what I found. So um, – but what I see is I just see so many people in the church just living with the girlfriend, living with boyfriend, whatever. And I get it. The society tells us that that's fine. God says it's not fine. It's not fine. Now, just because they're getting away with it doesn't mean that things aren't, you know, that that they're not going to be paying, you know, just from uh, 
consequence, they're not going to be paying for something later on, you know, like, you know, maybe they do end up getting married to that person, but then, you know, there's a lot of strife in their marriage. God can heal these. So I'm not sitting there. I'm not speaking that over them, but I'm just saying like, like God can heal like the mistakes you made. And so I wanted to kind of go into talk about that for a second. So like yeah, the last time I talked about divorce and how people, you know, divorce in, uh, in general is, is bad. God doesn't want it. But in this, in the instance that somebody does commit adultery, God, God opens up the door to you for you a lot. You know, he gives you a way out of the marriage if you so choose, right? That's what God tells us in, in Matthew. Now, uh, God also said, you know, basically, you look at a woman lustfully, lustfully, you've already committed adultery with her in, in your heart. So these men would look around at other women. They would want to divorce the wife they have, go go with another woman. They would do this over and over again during that time. It doesn't sound much different than today. However, he's calling out people who are religious. And he's saying, you know, and they're like, well, we, we're only supposed to give a certificate of divorce. And he's just like, you know what? You already committed adultery before you did that. Because you were married, you looked at another woman lustfully, you committed adultery with that person. So you already did it before that. And what he's basically saying is you shouldn't get divorced is what he's saying. That's that's essentially what he's saying. He's not saying, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you already did it. You might as well just go and commit adultery. He's not saying that. He's saying you just shouldn't get divorced. Like, stop doing that. And it's... You know, obviously, there's toxic situations, okay, with divorce. There's toxic situations. I knew two women, two separate women with, you know, married to two two men. I didn't know. One of them I didn't know. One of them I did know. Great guys, right? They have all they all had kids. The women were running around on them, like, all the time. And they just stuck with them. And I think I brought this up last time. However, they eventually got divorced from these women. They married other women, and it was a great relationship for the, the, them and their family, right? There's always exceptions, right? Of course, there's situations where you need to get a divorce. Your spouse is on meth and they're stealing and they're bringing weirdos. You know, it's just like there's situations that divorce needs to happen. All right. Don't don't misconstrue that, you know, you just shouldn't get divorced. Yeah. Ahead of time, you could have thought ahead and been like, you know what? If this person, you know, you know, that they had a drug problem prior you know, and then it's like, what if they went back to that and maybe, you know, then maybe you shouldn't have married them, right? Like, think about it ahead of time so you don't get stuck in a situation. You're like, oh, my gosh, what happened, you know? So that being said, there are situations where it does change. I also know believers who are married to non-believers, and that part also is one, you know, in in First uh, Corinthians 7, they talk about how, the believer, it, as long as the non-believer stays with them, you should just remain married. If the non-believer chooses to leave, you got a break. First Corinthians 7, read it, somewhere in there. And if they leave, you can get a divorce and go marry somebody else. And a lot of times I've seen, you know, there's been people who do that. You know, they're married to a non-believer. They get remarried to a believer and they're a lot happier. You know, so there's situations where it works out. There's situations where... God does heal someone who, you know, maybe you did get divorced for the for the wrong reasons in terms of like, oh, I just don't like them. There's been situations where people do get healed from that and then they get remarried and they're, they're a lot happier, you know? So I'm not saying there's not exceptions to this, but overall, 
there should be a ton of contemplation prior to getting married, right? Ton, ton of contemplation. If I got put in this situation, what would I do? If I got put in this situation, what would I do? If I got put in this situation, like put yourself in bad situations. Is this person somebody, you know, I could see myself working through these situations with? Yeah. Okay. All right. Also, you know, being, spending a ton of alone time with God is also really important. And I brought that up last time where it's just, you know, have something that you personally do. Like I, my thing was Yahtzee. I would play Yahtzee with Jesus, right? Somebody taught me or somebody told me that, that she made a cup of coffee for Jesus every morning. They would have coffee together. And it was, you know, it was a, she would do one coffee for her, one cup for, for Jesus. And it was just like the symbol of like, he is here with me. Do something like that where it's just like you have this personal relationship. It's not, God's not this far away dude. You know, a few few podcasts back, I talked, the diff- I talked about the difference between Elohim and Yahweh. Yahweh being the personal God, Elohim being the third person God. Third person God's far away. He's in command, you know, he's in control. He's far. He has no he has no time for me. Yahweh's the personal God. The devil before he deceived Eve made Eve believe that he was the uh God that was far away and didn't care about her. When yet God was right there next to her. But that's what the devil wants you to think is God's far away. And that's where he deceives you. Because he's making you think he's not here. So just remember that. When you think God's far away, that's that's where the that's where the devil can you're vulnerable there. You're extremely vulnerable there. Just be aware of that. Okay. But if you have a close relationship with God where you bring him into all your practical decision making day, daily, you won't make poor decisions on especially your spouse, right? Especially your spouse. All right. Um, so there was a priority list brought up to me. Uh, I'm not gonna take credit for this. This was uh I forgot the guy's name. He sung a song. Anyway, another pastor. I'm sure I'll, I'll be fine giving you this list. All right. So the priority list you should have before you get married. You need to understand this. God's number one, right? Everything, you know, your life should be God-centered, right? That's that's an obvious. Jesus, God, first. Your the Holy Spirit first. Spouse. Spouse is second. Right. So before you get married, you don't have a spouse. That's okay. Kids third before you have kids. That's okay. So, so those two are gone. If you don't have your next is church and work. Now I I forgot which one he said was first. However, I would put work just a tad above church just because it's how you make a living. Um, So I'd probably put work first, then church. So church is like, you know, serving at your church, you know, being involved in like, you know, missions, uh, even if it's local missions, something where you're serving some capacity uh, that's like the next, next priority. Then your friends and family is your next priority. And I put them equal because, uh, though I have a great relationships with my siblings and my family, not everybody does. And so sometimes your friends are closer than your family. So I, I do understand that. And I believe that's what he was saying. He understands that. So it's like friends, family, right? Um, personal needs are last, right? Your personal needs are the very last thing. And, Sometimes we get that mixed up. We put personal needs at, you know, third behind our spouse or maybe even second, whatever. So those are the types of things we got to we gotta look at and just have in line before we get married. But also at any time, even if you are married, it's like the, the, that's just a good way to run your life where you have these in the correct order. Ultimately, it comes down to this. All right. Micah 6, 8. Uh, this is from the New International Version, which I have sometimes I... 
you know, I'm not a huge fan of. But anyway, actually, I'll pull it up in the in the New King James. Um, anyway, he has shown you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, humbly with your God? So, like, what does God require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? He's saying these is this is what you should be focused on. You know, do the do do the right thing. Love, love giving people mercy and walking humbly with your God and knowing that He is the God and you're not. You know, so that is ultimately what this is about. Um, the next thing I wanted to bring up was um, divorce when you have kids. Okay, so. You know, you're just married to your wife. You don't have any kids. You get a divorce. It's pretty, you know, even though it's not, it, by the way, if you're, if it's not a believer, just, just remember, it's like you're not under God's, um, the spirit of God isn't there to convict you. So you may not even feel anything when you get a divorce, even though there are things happening. It's just like, this is for the believer, right? This is what I'm talking about for the believer. Okay. But also, you know, it does apply to non-believers too. However, it's just not the same sting. You know, it's the, the sting isn't the same. Um, I call it a fantasy. It's not reality. Okay. Divorce, you have kids. That's a complete fantasy. You're, you're in some other world. If you have kids, you get a divorce and you think that that's going to make your life better. When initially it feels good because you're like, oh, look at this freedom I have. But then what happens is now you're, you know, you're splitting time with the kids. Kids are ticked at you. They're not with you all the time. It's harder to develop the relationship with the kids. Um, you have to, somebody is going to be broke, if not both people, because you have to pay legal fees on top of, you know, child support. Like, it's just a miserable existence. Like, it seems good. It's not good. Not good. Just be aware that if this is something you're considering and your wife isn't running around on you or there's some toxic environment, you should really consider just getting some marriage counseling instead, you know? So just be aware of that. Um, I, you know, as I said of the, of the situation prior that I talked about, about the two men with the wives running around on him. There are exceptions, obviously, you know, but for the most part, if the wife is sticking with you and there's nothing glaring, it's, yeah, it's stuff that bothers you, but it's nothing glaring. Just, you know, there needs to be some kind of self-reflection, right? Not some kind of self-reflection. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Now there's a movie. I'm not, I'm not a fan of movies like helping you give you advice. Okay. I think that's stupid. You know, I heard somebody say that on a reality TV show me and my wife are watching and the movies give them advice. I was like, that's so stupid. But this one movie has this one like situation that I really thought was perfect. Okay. Though, you know, not a huge fan of, fan of movies for this reason, but this one, I think it's pretty clear. So the movie, he's just not that into you if you've ever seen it. There's a situation where this guy runs into the this girl at the grocery store or whatever, and she's like hitting on him, and he's you know he feeds it. It's the first first false thing he should you know just 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 walk away you know whatever just you know Joseph ran. I'm not saying he needs to run, he just needs to go to the car and leave 
you know, but they got in a conversation outside the grocery store or whatever. And he gets, you know, he starts, he's obviously playing with the thought of like talking to her and she asked for his number or something. And he's like, Oh, I shouldn't, you know, I'm actually married. <laughs> and then he convinces himself that, Oh, but I need help for my business. She says, so he convinces himself that it's okay. There you go. It's over. That's, that's when it was, it was over right there. He already committed adultery with his wife right there. Was They never did anything. He already did it. Because it is, he opened the door to somebody else, not his wife, right? And, you know, obviously it led to an affair. Uh, there's a situation where his wife, you know, he tells his wife and she's, you know, she's not even that pissed about that situation. She's pissed about something else. It ultimately leads to the divorce of him and his wife. And then the girl he was cheating on, uh, his wife with, he did something so egregious to her that she left him too. He was he was alone. Now he feels like crap, and then he's going to go into a cycle of you know uh, self uh, uh, self pity behavior, and then self destructive behavior. That's what I was looking for. Self destructive behavior, and it's going to lead to a much lesser life than he would have had if he would have just you know been content and then also been, you know, just understood that these things lead to other things, even though you're not like committing adultery in the moment, you're, you're doing it in your mind, which eventually leads you to ultimately committing the act down the road. It might not happen that moment, but it happens down the road. You know, same thing with people, you know, going back to the whole thing where people sleep together, you know, if you don't put yourself in the situation, you don't even like let your mind go to the situation where you would be sleeping with somebody before you're married. You set parameters up ahead of time where, you know, you go to bed, you know, you cut it off, you cut things off at eight 30, an hour and a half earlier than you want to. You don't talk about certain topics. You know, you don't uh, do things that will put you in situations that would want you to have sex, you know? Those are the types of things you do to keep you from, oh, let's just move in together. You know, how did it get there? It's just like, yeah, it started way back when, when you were like, oh, this person, I just, you know, you thought it in your mind and you didn't stop it. You just let it go. You got to stop it right when it goes, right? Right when it comes, you got to stop. That's where it is. And this, this movie gives you a perfect example of what could happen, you know, yeah, some people get away with affairs. Yeah, not forever. Even if it is when they, they take it to their grave, they're going to go to heaven and God's going to let them know that, oh, yeah, I knew about that the whole time. And you're going to be like, well, I thought you were way over there. I thought you were uh, you were on Venus, you know, working over there. And he's going to be like, no, I was right there, right next to you. Devil, who told you that is what he's going to say. Who told you that? Who said that I was far away? Who said that? That's what he's going to say. And you're going to say, oh, that wasn't you? Yeah, no, it wasn't me. That's what he's going to say. Um, anyway, I just don't want there to be this situation where you're, there's people, you know, where you think you're getting away with something when you're really not. And it's just better to, you know, deal with it ahead of time, then let it persever. And this was your brother James with 
the God's Will podcast 